service. Disc records and battle rap have fueled the hip hop industry for decades. Artists who respond to other artists in recorded form can express disgust without having to resort to actual violence. So when Beanie Siegel, the leader of the Philadelphia hip hop renaissance, released a disc record about Jay-Z in 2009, the entire hip hop community was floored. Jay-Z, even at this point in his career, was one of the most famous celebrities in the world and one of hip-hop's biggest stars. Jay hadn't smelled a beef since 2001, when he famously engaged in a battle with fellow hip-hop legend Nas. People just didn't fuck with Jay-Z. He would end your career. Beanie Siegel and his collective state property had once been enormously successful for Jay-Z's Rockefeller records. The public perception was that the relationship between the two men, both professionally and personally, was solid. They made classic records together, and that in turn made Beanie Siegel a millionaire. He had Jay-Z to thank for that. Beanie Siegel's style of rap shed a light on the gritty, even dangerous side of Philadelphia. Everyone wanted to know what could have possibly inspired Beanie Siegel to sit in a studio and record What You Talking About, a seven-minute song admonishing his mentor and former employer. The track took some very personal shots at Jay-Z, including a line that insinuated that Beanie had some dirt on Jay that would make his wife, Beyonce, look at him differently and not in a good way. Enter into the story Charlemagne the God. He was about six months into his new gig at 100.3 The Beat in Philadelphia, the hometown and stomping ground of Philly living legend Beanie Siegel. Charlemagne reached out to Beanie's people to see if he'd be interested in airing out his grievances with Jay-Z on air. Of course, Beanie agreed. It was a phone interview, but a scathing review of Beanie's former friend and record label, nevertheless. So, so where did this whole situation stem from? Because I'm going to be honest with you, Beanie. The whole situation just stemmed from, like, I got the young gun calling my phone because Jay-Z's only paying them $1,200 a show when they had to split it at the wow. end of the day. Like. Most of what Beanie Siegel had to say about Jay-Z had already circulated around the rumor mill for quite some time. But in the past, it came from sources not nearly as credible as Beanie Siegel, so none of it really stuck. Jay-Z was so accomplished and respected that rumors about him were written off as bitter hyperbole from haters who never really knew him in the first place. The guy married to one of the biggest pop stars in the world could hardly be concerned with the everyday bullshit of trivial tabloid gossip. So now that this information was coming from B. Siegel, it seemed that it was at least somewhat legitimate. There was no denying the relationship between Beanie Siegel and Jay-Z. This had been a very well-documented partnership over the years, and Beanie's accusations were scandalous to say the least. Beanie Siegel claimed that Jay-Z had made a habit of underpaying artists, even going as far as to withhold compensation for artists featured on his tours. He went on to say that Jay-Z would tell artists that sharing the stage with him would be a good look for their respective careers. But, but it's, All the glitz and glamours wasn't like, like really what people seemed like. And it's not a hate record. It was just a real record and emotions like, I understand, Jay, you somewhere else, you know what I mean, in your career. And there's certain things that, you know what I mean, where he at, like I said in the record, everybody can't go. And I understand that. On a personal level, Beanie claimed to feel completely abandoned by his mentor while he was going through a criminal case. 
He said he received no assistance in financing his legal aid. And when asked outright in open court by a judge if Jay-Z would vouch for Beanie's whereabouts while he was on probation, Jay-Z flatly said no. A yes would have almost certainly kept Beanie Siegel off house arrest and able to tour and earn the lion's share of his income as a musical artist. Jay-Z's action on this occasion did not meet the criteria of being unethical. Frankly, Beanie Siegel had a well-documented history of being a loose cannon, especially when it came to matters of the law. So, it made perfect sense why Jay-Z wouldn't want to be held responsible for the activity of his friend. But it was a clear violation of street etiquette. And that kind of thing holds a lot of weight in the hip-hop community. This was a very big deal for Charlemagne. It was about as coveted an interview as you can get. Charlemagne got it, and he barely had to ask a question. Beanie Siegel was more than eager to share his experiences. The interview went viral the day it aired. It got so much traction that 100.3 The Beat aired the interview again in its entirety the very next day. There was likely a significant gap between dedicated hip-hop fans and the general public in the level of appreciation for this issue. Among hip-hop fans, this was easily the most talked-about topic of the day. But this was a money-related scandal involving an artist with a song listed in the top five of the Billboard Hot 100. Under normal circumstances, a hip-hop dispute would live and die within the bounds of the hip-hop community. Charlemagne's interview with a nice assist from the budding Twitter world was able to reach the public at large. It was the hottest pop culture topic of that Halloween weekend. The following morning, Charlemagne arrived at the beat for work. He was informed that one of the station supervisors wanted a word. The station wanted to move in another direction. Charlemagne the God had been fired again. He tweeted about it that morning, and the rumor mill churned with vigor. The speculation amongst tabloids, gossip sites, and bloggers was that Jay-Z had used his influence to have Charlemagne fired. 